Welcome to the survival podcast for people who take movies too seriously. We survive the apocalypse, so you don't have to. And this week, we're speaking very slow. <laughs> yeah. um, we only have seven minutes of <laughs> content. And <laughs> uh, we actually have too much content this week because yeah. we're, this is our 50th episode. So we decided to cover 50 shades of grey <laughs> the acclaimed uh, BDSM novel and movie no we're, we're we're only pulling your leg we're doing the 50 ways the world could end all likely all well some more likely than, than yeah. others but uh, all possible like there's nothing yeah. here that uh, is too ridiculous yeah well we'll see yeah well some cross over a little bit and stuff yeah. but uh yeah. So yeah, if you've been listening to us for fifty episodes, thank you. Yeah, uh, thanks. I, I haven't been but, able to do that. But it's probably about time you give us a review, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, nobody does it. It's also like, you know, a lot more of you should have bought a t-shirt by now. I don't, I don't want to come down on you. <laughs> also, you know what? While we're at it, how come no company has sent us sound gear yet? So oh, many yeah. podcasts I listen to where they're like, oh, thanks Zoom for sending us this new recorder. Oh, new Sure Mics. And they, they start their episode with like, oh, they, they'll like throw them out. Uh, you know, like yeah. Cheers is filming before a live studio audience, but they'll yeah. do Film such and done. such is recorded on a Zoom. And you know, we haven't received so much as an email I know, with, yeah. with we, like a discount code. We've got a an old, well, it's not that old, but... Uh, Zoom H H four N. It's not even that it's old. It's that it's been around the block. We use a. I bought because I went out. I bought like a, a few mics and a Behringer desk and stuff for it. Like we spent like a couple of hundred quid. Oh, um, we've invested money in this. Yeah, bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> so this isn't a, a, like this isn't target. It's, the it's so bitter. <laughs> <laughs> I just I I'm not even joking. Like I genuinely thought by 50 episodes, our sound we would at least sound we've gotten a microphone. Like, I thought we'd sound like a real podcast by 50. Yeah, and like we it. sound good. We don't. We we sound a lot better than a lot of podcasts but we don't have that crisp sort of npr yeah. level of a couple of mics wouldn't go astray from somebody yeah did you hear that road or shore or zoom but no so, I, but also sorry i'm not done yet <laughs> i have some other cripes oh sorry <laughs> and no. another thing <laughs> now no, that i'm up here no an actual an actual thing is we still want to do that because yeah i was joking about the the t-shirt thing but we don't sell an awful lot of t-shirts and i feel the only t-shirt i think anybody is ever going to buy off of us is the acolytes of apocalypse yeah t-shirt for new listeners that's our uh theoretical motorcycle <coughs> club yeah uh, that you know not a gang. all the listeners are members of and we want to do a t-shirt for it uh, and we'll do that soon, but... We need someone to design it, basically. <laughs> well, we can. that's an easy yeah, thing yeah, to do, but we uh, need yeah. money to do it. So, like, yeah. we need to, we need to like, sell a few, t a few other t-shirts first yeah. and, like, have a bit more of an audience before we can afford to do a lot of stuff. Yeah. 
So that's where like doing something as simple as leaving a review really helps. You don't need to buy a t-shirt because that stuff's just kind of fun things to do anyway. But yeah, reviews help an incredible amount with uh, just how we show up in search results on any podcast app. iTunes, if you use it, it's the easiest to review on. Same with Stitcher. But most apps have a review feature somewhere or at least a rating. Like it takes not. And and that's the same on iTunes. You don't have to write a review. You can just rate like it, it, it's very easy to just click five stars yeah or four or three but if you're going to fall below three sit it out it's grand yeah and otherwise there's nothing really with the acolytes thing the only worry is I, I feel like we might be stepping on another podcast's territory oh yeah i've mentioned this to you before i'm not sure if i mentioned it on the podcast but tell them steve dave which is a really oh, good yeah. podcast i listen to they've got their own sort of motorcycle gang in their show Oh, yeah, we were only talking about that earlier. Yeah, and, you know, I feel like, is it stepping on their, like, their territory by starting another podcast motorcycle gang? Well, then we might just have to have ourselves a little turf war. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we should do the respectful thing and try and get permission first. Oh, yeah. And then depending on how that goes, we'll start a turf war. Oh, yeah, we got to pay our respects, don't we? Yeah, guys? yeah, that's the, that seems like the, the sort of mob thing to do. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. We want to treat it like a real gang. At least to, to try and, like, we work out territory, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, so, I don't know, maybe we need to get in contact. It's Q from Tell Him Steve Dave was the one that set it up, so maybe we just need to contact him. Or maybe listeners can just annoy him on Twitter. And <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, do that. Do it on our behalf. That's how you can help us. Ask Q from Tell him Steve, Dave, and Practical Jokers if we can have a motorcycle. Car. And make sure you tag us in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Is that? Do you think that's? Is that? Is, it's not inappropriate to be bothering uh, a man from Staten Island about our motorcycle. I don't think club? so. Our, our motorcycle guy club. <laughs> Fair enough. So will we get into the the fifty ways the world could end. Should end. So we, are we getting from 50 end. down? Because that's why we've written it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you don't typically go one. Or, let, now, we're doing it in no particular order. Like, yeah. is in this isn't an order of the most likely necessarily. No, it's more... We just started numbering them when we as we thought of them, really. It's kind of... I kind of numbered them more uh, in terms of talking points, which ones you'd yeah. spend more time on. Uh, so... Right, number 50, it's current, we, we, it might as well be the first one we talk about. Yeah, it's um, it's probably going to happen in the next six months or so. <laughs> yeah, mutually assured destruction. We've talked about this probably too much on the show. Yeah, I love a bit of mad. Um, for new listeners, it's the idea of if somebody launches a nuke, everybody launches a nuke, essentially. Yeah, I don't think it quite still stands as a rule, though, is it? It's more of a... Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. more of the, like, almost like a thought experiment, where just, like, yeah. if, if one let them off, the others just just would. Yeah. Um. So I think in that sense, it still stands, surely. Yeah, because it's a little bit of, like, uh, you know, America launched a nuke. I think and it's... Then, and we better launch two, and then America go, they launched two, we better launch three, <laughs> and it just keeps going. But going. I think it's worse now, because... When the time where where you, you where you're speaking of, even though you know again, not necessarily a rule, but like yeah. what what you're thinking of, there was less people with as many bombs. <laughs> so it's, now it's That's like, true, yeah. oh, America launched one. You have like twenty different countries saying we launched three. Yeah. So it's not just Russia. Yeah, yeah. Anymore. So then it's like 
yeah, then you have thirty retaliating. <laughs> but, you know. uh, it's uh yeah, it's pretty shit. <laughs> Do you think now? So with with current, uh, you know, standoffs in the Pacific, that it's more likely. Um, my headphones off. But in a more. No, no, <laughs> in a more. Um, I think trigger happy fingers kind of way. Like pe- everyone's a bit nervous, and it's yeah. it's kind of like Cuban Missile Crisis kind of shit kind of going on. You know, there's a bit of it's like oh, this, this, you know, everyone's a bit. Do you think there'd be that moment where Trump's just like, well, I don't care, I'm pressing it. Yeah, yeah. There's just, you're just kind of waiting for that. And, yeah. uh, That's my worry. That it's just like just. Ah, uh, yeah. That this, uh, there's a few people in power. It's not even just Kim Jong Un and Donald Trump. Like, there's others that. Yeah. I guess we people just don't talk about anymore. Like other leaders of the world who also have. Like nuclear England warhead. have nukes. Uh, France have nukes. Yeah. Uh, I assume Germany and Spain. I don't know if they do. Um, but I mean, as in ones that I, I won't consider the most trustworthy either. It's like like. Pakistan and India both have nukes. Yeah. Pakistan, you know, could never really invade India because they wouldn't have the numbers. There's always the, the, the fear that they would launch a nuke at India and, and yeah. that India also have more to retaliate with that they could easily... Yeah, it's just sort of... It's all very scary. Israel have nukes. Plenty of nations have promised to invade them. It's like, how yeah. do, they, do they take the first step? And then there's all sorts of shit around it of... They, um, loads of them haven't like updated their systems for years, and there's like probably a little bit about that that's gonna cause trouble. Yeah, if they haven't, like, yeah, they, there's loads that might not have updated their systems, but they might also have like depleted uranium supplies too, maybe, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, um, well, this kind of brings us, I don't know, I'm working through it too fast if I go straight to 49 no no it's no, a, no. another nuclear threat we're starting with the nuclear t- threats 49 is Russia's dead hand system also known as uh, parameter yeah. uh, which during the cold war it was similar to this was not a rule but this is something that Russia had in their stockpile it was their plan for if they were attacked by the US or by anybody they would send small rockets uh, launch small rockets that would then detect radiation and if those rockets detected radiation on their soil they would launch their entire nuclear arsenal essentially oh yeah so the idea being that it, it was there that if Russia was completely destroyed its nukes would still go off go without, be sent yeah, yeah. So it's the same it's what like the the whole uh, Dr. Strangelove plot only in that yeah. their nukes are planted throughout the world I think yeah that, I'm trying to remember I think they've got a hundred bombs and they're all plant they're all coordinated to go off in separate parts of the world if Russia is hit. Yeah. But that was wasn't in real life they were just IB they were just missiles that would be launched and would be launched at America. Uh, yeah, so, so it's like even if you catch them by surprise somehow it's still There's an automatic system that will Yeah. It's like the fail safe thing that you know you hit a button, somebody presses a button every day and the day nobody presses the button. Oh, yeah. it, it goes it's like off, putting like, the numbers in in Lost yeah. kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like you um, gotta you gotta do this every day. Or but there is no evidence that suggests Russia ever took away that system. 
that's pr- oh yeah, of course. Like yeah. the facility they use for it are all still in operation today. Yeah, apparently even the tree this because during it, like the the original rockets that we launched just to test for radiation, they're the only thing man controlled. Yeah, and the rockets that uh, are sent out and uh, scan or whatever for radiation levels, they're what sends back the signal to launch the nuclear missiles. But they also had three men's throughout the Cold War. It was always three men stationed in that bunker. And apparently till, till this day, there's still three men stationed in that bunker. So this shit gets weird in that bunker. <laughs> imagine it's a different three men. Like, yeah, I wonder how many... Or it's been the, the ro- same three men Yeah, but I wonder what the... Like, it's, it's surely it's a rotation. Yeah, three men just aren't let out. But the rotation, I wonder how many people are even on that. It still is probably only 20 people or so. Yeah. It's weird. But you have to assume that it's still in operation. Yeah. Like, well, if if all the facility is still there, I, I imagine there's no it's reason like, it wouldn't be. Yeah, I imagine it's like the room at the start of uh, when we did War Games. Yeah, yeah. Episode, and it's like the two guys going in, they're signing in. It's, it's, I think that's where is, we might have talked about first. Uh, yeah, I think we did. That's the other thing. A lot of topics we discuss here we've already done because, you know, we've done 50 episodes and a lot of them we're not going to touch on too much because we're going to do future episodes on them. Yeah, so we're just sort of... We're just running through them. But, uh, yeah, are you worried about what's going on the other side of the world with Um, with the standoff? Because we didn't really talk about this. To be perfectly honest with you, I haven't really read that much enough about it. <laughs> I was just, just expected you to go, I just quote and give a shit. I kind of don't, like yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, happens, it happens. Yeah, I've, I've taken a very optimistic Once I attitude. Got my of, can of Canadian, I'm happy. No, I've taken a very optimistic attitude of like, oh, that war will be over there. And like, like we were saying before, you know, a banana might go up to about 20 euro. <laughs> That's it. Like, yeah. it's a, it'll affect trade and Buy all commerce. your bananas now. <laughs> those non-perishable <laughs> bananas tinned banana <laughs> make sure you buy all the green bananas can you yeah, yeah. Can, <laughs> can you get tinned tinned banana surely I've never so. seen tinned banana anywhere I guess because it probably doesn't keep it all though what could you yeah because what could you keep it in it's such a soft like what well, you can't it's keep just it like pureed tinned banana yeah. and it's permanently black like, <laughs> like you can't keep it in any sort of a fluid or sauce. Like it just the yeah. way you can with pineapple or that. Yeah, even if you put it like in oil or something, like you uh, just it don't work. Well, I guess you can dried banana. <laughs> well, sorry, yeah, we should have thought of that first. Yeah. <laughs> Which is actually quite nice. Probably nicer than an actual banana because the yeah. texture is a bit better. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, dried banana. Like in like, you know, when you get in health food stores with nuts, like where it'd be like mixed nuts and dried banana. Uh, yeah, that's nice. So, yeah. Do. Uh, so we're grand. We're going to have dried banana. So what's everybody fucking worrying about? <laughs> even like, it's not like the banana even comes from Korea or anything. I know. Yeah, but it would just. But I mean, my whole point is I trade. Know. It'd be fucked. Yeah. I I might have to buy a gun and sit and protect my garden. <laughs> Shooting all these scangers that are trying to rob your tomato. Yeah, I was thinking of getting a lot. Oh man, I just want to make a salad. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking of making a uh, getting an allotment soon. You were saying, and um, they haven't replied to me. Actually, I sent them like two emails about it. So I'm I'm just on Saturday. I'm just going to drive up and be like, "What's the deal?" Threaten them. 
<laughs> I'll just show up with a uh, bunch of hard boys behind you. <laughs> show up with my garden fork going, where do I start? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That's... Yeah, so you're not too worried. Um, yeah, like I'm not worried, but like just because I don't really, I don't really care what happens to the world. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm prepared. Yeah, I'm not prepared. I just <laughs> no, I'm not prepared enough. I just don't care. Like, <laughs> no, fuck it. I kind of would like to see the world burn a little. Like, yeah. I don't know. I like. I it's not going to kick off majorly. Um, I'd imagine, but. It's got all the makings of a of a third world war, so yeah, we could have a quite different tune like four months time when be like Johnny, remember when the war started? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, that's where we just go to a live like CB radio show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, like they're the nuclear threats. Uh, we've we've done so much about them. And we, I'm sure we'll do more again. But it always comes up. Yeah, it always comes up. But it's gonna, it's gonna be a while before I can talk about nuclear. We would have so much again. irradiated egg in our face if between now and when this episode goes up, the war starts. <laughs> well, you would. I said it has all the makings of a third world war, and we can't really do anything about it anyway. Not where we are. We we don't even no. have power to to vote in the leaders that will be involved in these types of conflicts but yeah uh, 48 then is a, a global pandemic which this is far more likely than yeah. even a third world war as likely as that may be because it's yeah. happened plenty before loads of times before i would say this is something most people just aren't prepared for at all or even think about yeah because people think of like a oh, big virus outbreak or they think of Things like SARS and yeah, big yeah. bird flu, and even a couple of years ago we had the swine flu scare. And yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, uh, any pandemic or epidemic is terrifying. What it could do. You look at the Spanish flu in 1918 killed a hundred million people. I never until we were doing the re- like looking at this. I never realized it was that many people that, that have killed that Did many. We people. not do this before. Possibly. Oh, maybe it just came up on yesterday's news. Yeah. Um, but I forgot it was that high a number. That's the... Yeah, because that's where... Do you know why it was called? I think I told you this on yesterday's news. Do you, but do you know why it was called Spanish flu? Past me does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people think it's like, oh, well, like, I had to have started in Spain or had some relation, but had absolutely nothing got to do with Spain whatsoever. It's just it was like during the war and the media didn't want to like... Uh, it, the, in Britain particularly didn't oh, want yeah. to add to what people were already afraid of so they tended to only p- report about the cases in Spain oh yeah because they thought just, oh yeah because you're already worried about the, yeah we won't France mention yeah Germany. like and it was like people were already dying in were dying in England and yeah. France but we're like we'll, we'll, we'll skip the ones that happened close to us yeah yeah so it was just that for and that's how it became known as Spanish flu but absolutely like just nothing got it was a global pandemic yeah. like had nothing got to do with Spain at all which is it's such a weird it'd be like if like the the, the potato famine in Ireland was called the Dublin potato famine <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah for no reason uh, I, I read bits about it um and it was like reports of like just the amount of people in America that died from it and everybody knew somebody who died from it kind of I thing. Like think it, just, it killed uh, something. Well, it's a hundred million, so obviously more. But 
it's about 30 in states or something isn't it? but the percent of well, 100 million like at the time that's like a percent of the world yeah we're now as in like one percent <laughs> but like yeah, one yeah. Per, like an actual one percent drop in the world population through one illness yeah. It's crazy. A lot of people don't think that's crazy because they're used to like zombie movies saying 95% of the world. Oh, you were talking about this in last episode. 1% yeah. is fucking huge. Yeah. And it's because the world population then was like, I think it was just under the 2 billion right then, wasn't it? I thought it was more because I was only guessing on the 1%. But yeah, it could be. I, I thought for some reason I thought like 3.5. But that might yeah, be. Yeah, but, too but high. it was probably about that. And. But like a hundred million, that's a lot it's of people. Huge. Now it's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which we'll get to. Um. Yeah, and then you had you also had like Asian flu in the late fifties, one point five million, still quite a quite a number, and the Hong Kong flu, one million, uh, just wow. a, a decade later. Russian flu was serious. They kind of <laughs> because there was so much other shit going on. They actually don't really have a a total count, but reckon around half a million. Yeah. Still quite uh and that didn't that wasn't necessarily global pandemic, that it was Europe or Eastern Europe. Yeah. Uh it's pretty serious. Like But yeah, so and that's funny because people think about the the like you were saying, the recent yeah. ones we've had was SARS and swine flu and bird flu yeah. and there was another big flu, or am I just thinking of um like re- re- recently we've had we, It hasn't been flus uh, as such Are you thinking of avian flu Or just bird flu as well? No <laughs> <laughs> um, Recently it's been more uh, Ebola and stuff pe- That has been pe- on people's minds Yeah But yeah. typically bird Yeah like swine flu and bird flu Were big ones And They fucking killed Like They killed so few people It was always in their thousands But it was media sensation though, Yeah that's it. And they were still very serious If you got it You were It was the fact that Was it I'm not sure if it was swine or I think it was bird flu where it was like half the people that got it did actually die. <laughs> it's yeah, like so was, few people got it, but it was... I, uh, I remember people taking swine flu more seriously. I think that was just because it came... But, but again, it might have been yeah, because it came after bird yeah, flu. Yeah. I know somebody who had swine flu and she lost uh, her hearing in one ear afterwards. Wow. Yeah. Um, That's crazy. But the the fact is that the regular flu kills... 250,000 to 500,000 people a year. So. <laughs> this is mental when you think about it. So you it. don't need to worry about, you should worry about swine and bird flu too, I guess. But uh, yeah. all it takes is like a muta- mutated version of just regular influenza to yeah. wipe us out. When when was the last time you had the flu? Like I I, had it. I got it last. Or did I get it? No, I think I just got a really bad cold. But I, oh no, I did get the flu last year because I never got the vaccine. Because right. I, um, my wife's a teacher, so do you get the vaccine regularly? We we get it every winter because her being in school, she's a lot of exposed to kids who pick up everything. I thought you only really need to get the vaccine when you hit like you know mid forties and stuff. Yeah, mo- mostly older. It's for older people, but um, she's considered I like they like n- nurses, doctors, teachers, um. There's something else But like do you that. need it? Like how do you need it? Well because I see my wife every day But if she has it If she has it She's the one who's going to be with children So if he, she has her shots What are you I just go and do it anyway Moral okay. support 
Right. I like to top up my vaccines as well. It's nice. You know, like the different, like when you're flu, you're like viral and you have shivers and you feel shit. When you have a cold, you're just like stuffed up and yeah, stuff yeah. Well, like, but yeah, I've I've more what I've gotten. A is, flu is a sickness as well. Like yeah, it's yeah. you you've well now I'm kind of assuming here, but like the flu generally you actually feel physically ill. Like you'll get sick and stuff too, won't you? You can, yeah. If, yeah, yeah. that can be part of it. It's. I suppose different strains of the flu too. So yeah. I've ne- I've thankfully never had that one where like you die of dehydration from like vomiting and diarrhea. Yeah, yeah. Like I would say at worst I've only had bad colds. And even then yeah. like I've I've never had that type of a sickness that's prevented me from just going about my day, like. Yeah. I got that weird viral thing the other week where I got yeah, vertigo yeah. and I was like really viral week. It was so strange. But that's probably closer to, even though it wasn't a flu, but that's probably closer to what the serious flu symptoms yeah. are. Yeah, it was that viral fatigue that I'd never really experienced that before. And um, Katie, who'd been sick loads before, she's like, oh yeah, now you know it feels like, fuck you. <laughs> like no sympathy at all. Um, Do you think um, sympathy... Or empathy sickness is a real thing, whereas can, like if you can be, yeah, Do you you said like it can be as if like you're speaking from experience. No, no, I think it can be. Like okay, if, um, yeah, I reckon it can be. Do you think with pregnant women, like where the husband gets morning sickness too? Do you think that's? Awesome? <laughs> I think that you're just a weak bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, or you're like a genius who's trying to like not. Oh yeah, take like the blame for her being sick. Like, oh, I'm feeling it too. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you're just you're just you're just saying you are when, and then when, yeah, yeah. and then when she's in the bathroom vomiting, you're like eating a chocolate bar. That's all. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a way to like it's a psychological sort of mind game to make her feel more comfortable about it. Yeah, yeah. You're like to be like, oh look, I, like this affected me too. I'm not. You're like maybe maybe it was those tacos we had. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Flu. Wait, sorry. We we actually we got off topic trying to deduct when you actually had the flu. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but what are you like originally? Sorry, we we went on such. Don't point was I regularly I get the vaccine every year usually, but I didn't uh, this time around. Yeah, yeah, but so that's the thing with a mutate. Like the the idea is that it'd be a mutated. The flu mutates every few years, so vac- eventually a vaccine wouldn't do shit anyway. Yeah, a vaccine only protects you against the current strain. Yeah, not the new one. If a really bad flu hit and you got the vaccine, you might gain a year. But the problem is when it starts to mutate at a rate that they can't create vaccines for, which is happening. So yeah, it could it could spell the end of, of the world, maybe. Or at least a, a cullen of the population, as you do yeah, say. Yeah, like you, you, you were saying like 100 million. Oh, like that's a percent. And I was like, ah, if we had that now, we'd be like, ah, great. It wouldn't be know. a percent now, though, if you had the same sort of, because the same number the same threat level because in 1918 there wasn't fucking red eye flights traveling that's it it spreads so quickly now yeah oh so like say that that hundred hundred million is now a billion yeah easily easily because i'm basing that not another than i'd imagine so (laughs) no but just because how quickly i think it could spread around the world Yeah, yeah compared to how it like if it spread as quickly as it did in 1918 like around the world yeah, you think of that same aggression now, where we have international flight. Like you can be, we're here in Ireland, and we could be in New York in six hours. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Six hours this is nothing. You wouldn't even know you're sick. 
till you're there already. It wouldn't like not. I don't think it'd even have really hit your system yet. Like, I mean, like, I, like say you could have it. You'd I could go incub- on a flight, and I could expose everybody on the flight. Yeah, yeah, and then everyone I meet in New York, and I wouldn't even know I'm sick yet. Just, and the problem with like yeah, and flights especially because they essentially work as an incubator. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, no, it's just the the it's multiplied by millions now. It's, yeah. It's, uh, similar or just the same flu yeah so yeah it's it's definitely uh one that could really fuck us over and it's not just the vaccines like it's hard for them to it's the fact that you see the, the big problem is people get the flu and they get antibiotics for or even for colds for, for <laughs> the most mild people take medication for everything and yeah. that just helps the the virus mutate yeah that's what vir- the nature of viruses is. The, the reason it mutates is so as it can spread. So every time we create something to stop it from spreading, it needs to mutate to combat that. So the more we do that, the more it mutates. Yeah. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> it's very likely, and it would happen a lot quicker than you realise. So again, it almost seems like more of a man-made thing. <laughs> <laughs> because we're the one that causes it. Uh, and then, speaking of viruses, yeah. 47... Same, kind of the same thing, but genetically engineered viruses, which... Yeah. Is that a bigger risk than just the flu? Um, yeah, because fucking scientists, man, they're, <laughs> yeah. always, they're always messing with shit. Yeah. Uh, in an attempt to find a way to stop viruses mutating, they're purposely mutating viruses. And to see if they could stay ahead Reverse of the mutations. It, essentially. And it's, so if one of them escapes lab conditions, then... But yeah, it's the same story all over again. Yeah. Yeah, well, in, in 2011, a Dutch team, those damn Dutch, uh, they <laughs> engineered the H5N1 virus, to which, which is avian flu. Yeah. And yeah, they reverse engineered it so that it could become more infectious. <laughs> and, what a great idea. And become airborne because <laughs> yeah. remember that was the big worry it's like oh what oh, if something like this becomes airborne if this becomes airborne we're fucked so they decided to see could it actually do it yeah Dutch Gordo like just decided <laughs> I can't do a Dutch accent I'd love to be able to do a Dutch accent right now uh-huh. I would only insult somebody <laughs> well that's kind of the goal isn't it do you want to try do you think you can let's make this uh, flu uh, go airborne yes <laughs> that's that's much better than I could have done. <laughs> that wasn't that offensive either. That seemed pretty good. <laughs> I was worried it would be. Um, It'd be real cool, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like the worry with the bird flu was that if it became airborne, it could wipe out half the population. <laughs> so why not? Why not you know try what? and create it? You know what? I think we need it. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna um, get really negative in this. Half, <laughs> yeah, half of the population would include you, though. Meh. For the greater good, my friends. Uh, for the greater good. Forty-six. <laughs> <laughs> when you said the word "moving on," like when you said "moving on," there, it's like I was gonna go. Speaking of moving on, <laughs> uh, natural mass extinction. Yeah, it's an interesting. Yeah, well, this is just this is a weird one, maybe because. You know what? There's stuff that comes later that kind of relates to it too. But this is more the idea that we just simply run our course, like that. There's no, 
Yeah, look, because a lot of every species has its time, I suppose, isn't it? Like, That's it. Like, and uh, in the grand scheme of the history of the world, we've been here for was it like one second to midnight? Is the idea? And, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and 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 this one to like, if you think this sounds ridiculous at all, you're wrong because uh, there's been five mass extinction events. We don't need to worry about a sixth one coming because we're already in it. <laughs> we're actually living in the Holocene extinction period. So uh, our, we are actually going extinct. It's going to take a few thousand years, but... Oh, yeah. Uh, quite a few thousand years, you'd imagine. Uh, but yeah, like researchers and scientists will tell you that we act, do currently live during an extinction period. That's so crazy. Yeah. Well, I think that's it. Like at the end of the day, if we survive the other 49 on this list, we'll eventually, there won't be any more humans. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, this is, this is a cheat one because it's something that won't happen. Like I mean, I say thousands, but like it's actually millions, really. It's millions of years before the last yeah. of humanity and other life here would die off. But the process has started. And it yeah. seems weird when we have a overpopulation problem. Yeah. But they're too... They, 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 I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't necessarily relate to each other, which is so weird to think about. It doesn't necessarily... Just because there's an overpopulation problem doesn't mean you won't go extinct. That can yeah. be the... We talked about it in that Universe 25, where oh, overpopulation yeah. it could eventually lead to extinction. Which... what what What's number 45, out of curiosity? Johnny, that would be... Overpopulation <laughs> for overpopulation for forty five. <laughs> overpopulation for forty five. <laughs> um, this one, like, it kind of speaks for itself. Is like we're already reaching a point of overpopulation in some ways. Like we we reached the seven billion mark in two thousand and twelve. Um, like seven billion is a lot of people, and. They say that of all the people who lived in known his recorded history before then, it was less than seven billion. Yeah. So you think back to roughly humans as we know it. We've been around for about two, three hundred thousand years, uh, like culturally, and in all that time, there's never been seven billion people, and now there's seven billion people here at once, and we're we're at like seven point three five now. Yeah, yeah. Only four years later, so we've had another. 350 million people in the last uh, five years. Is it 9 billion by 2022? Uh, 8 billion by 2024, 9 by 2040 are the latest oh, figures. Because oh. for a long time they've always said 10 billion by 2050. But right. now it's more 9 by 2040. Is They're always updating it. So of course that's going to have effect on food and other resources. And yeah. Things like that. So it's like that we're saying like diseases are going to spread easier because there's more people people are hollowed in together it's going to create disease yeah there's going to be more there's going to be famine it's just inevitable really yeah which is so we could probably do with a good influ- influ- influenza taking out 50 percent of the population <laughs> with overpopulation anyway as it is there's something like twenty thousand people die every day of starvation with the current number we have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so how much will that increase? And So we can't, we can't feed the poor, is what you're saying. 
just stop feeding because <laughs> then yeah. more the population will go up <laughs> yeah. there's all sorts of arguments saying that it'll level out and that we'll reach a peak of 10 billion and then we won't grow anymore or that the earth can sustain like up to 20 billion all this kind of shit but, but we're see, not efficient enough but i see that it. the whole time where like there's loads of people saying like it will level out at 10 billion how the fuck do they know that how can you even theorize that? Pulling that out of their arse. I don't understand how you can come up with that Because 10 number. is a round number. That's it. That's but the there's only no reason. way you can even... How can you even theorize that? It, it makes no sense that you can yeah. just pull that number out and say, well, level off. You, you it, can't. That's like, that's like a Donald Trump kind of... Oh, it's going to be the best bill you've ever seen, but not yeah, giving yeah. you any details about it. I think I talked about this before. I watched a YouTube video. I think it was a TED Talk, and there's this guy explaining... I think that's where I saw it. Uh, and this guy, he was talking about um, what research has shown is when people have, are better educated, they go have they start like from the very beginning. They're given better schools, they're given better education, then they get better jobs. They they eat better food. They have more going on in their lives other than like just trying to work and get your food. They have more social time, and as a result, they have smaller families because they're smart. Basically, <laughs> yeah. But you also, you're not running a farm in the middle of nowhere and you, you have nine children because, you know, you tried to have 15 and six died. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like there's, which is what Ireland used to be. Like our grandparents, like I think one, one of my grandparents is like one of like 15 children and stuff. Like it, it, I think a lot of that had got to do with Catholicism too, though. Well, like yeah. condoms being illegal. Yeah, every sperm is sacred and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But it's still kind of, but then that all that also comes with education and things like yeah. that. And no, I think people like the reason like people that have are better educated have less children is because they know that there's no reason to be having so five. many children. <laughs> and it's a fi- but then they get, they get more obsessed with finances and it's a financial burden and blah blah. Mm. But it's but anyway, there's this guy and he's talking about he's like so our salute he's like the solution to stop overpopulation is to educate people better and give people better life and job opportunities but he doesn't say how to achieve yeah, that yeah. Like, and, that's and he's true. right that's he's yeah, completely he's absolutely right. right but like you don't need to give somebody a ted talk to in order to get that message out there surely everybody knows that the people had more yeah. education they'd be more educated guys if we sent more people to school they'd learn more <laughs> yeah, they'd yeah. know more about the world and people in the ted talk are like this is why I come here. <laughs> this has opened my eyes so much. Like, what? Of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. So so that is... like. Yeah, but the TED Talk should be about how you achieve that. Yeah, not... Uh, he's like, and I've invented... <laughs> I've invented the education machine. Yeah. You know, um, it's just like, yeah. TED Talks have gotten ridiculous these days, though. It doesn't surprise me at all at that uh-huh. stage. So do, you for, could, yeah, do you think we could get a TED Talk? Oh, we could definitely get a TED Talk. <laughs> Mr. TED, if you're listening... Mr. Ted. Ted, if you're listening, let us do a talk. It's just that beer, isn't it? Yeah. So you have a friend who's like, has spots all over him and they fly in a spaceship. <laughs> oh, even... that's Super Ted, sorry. Oh, okay. Yes, I didn't even get the reference. Do you, do you remember Super Ted? Vague. Now, now that you said it, but I yeah, never got it right. on my own accord. <laughs> um, so number 44. Opposite problem. Underpopulation. Or... Like sterilization. So this is damned if we do, damned if we don't. Literally, yeah. Everybody needs to just have two kids, 
I just keep it even. Or 1.5. One and a half kit. Yeah. So this is, could happen with a lot of things. Like we're putting more preservatives and chemicals in food and they cause things like cancer and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But they could also cause some kind of sterilization. And I, I remember years ago there was a thing with the... Where it was talk, like it was one of those real like schoolyard r- rumors that like diet coke can cause impotency and all this kind of stuff. But I think it was one of those things okay. made by like by men. Like they're trying to di- aim diet coke at men, and we're like, oh, I wouldn't have that. That's for women. And then it kind of evolved down the schoolyard line of oh, yeah, that that makes sense. I but, always heard a different urban legend, but where it was that coke was a natural spermicide, like Coca Cola. Oh, yeah. So, like, people thought if they, like... Dip their dick in <laughs> Coke, it would be better than a condom. So that might be why we have the overpopulation problem. Yeah, maybe. That's really funny. Uh, um, so, yeah, and so it could be pesticides being used on food or preservatives and additives added to food or even, like, a simple virus or something could suddenly make... All the men in the world sterile and shit. It's the last generation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and well, yeah. And it can happen. And yeah, and then I suppose, well, and that's certainly going to end the human race. Like, if you can't yeah. reproduce. Imagine being the last generation. That'd be, I know we're, cool. we're already too late to be, but, you know, um, still. Yeah. Well, and I guess also, like, there's other, just in terms of, like, was not being able to reproduce. Like, there's also other causes that could lead to it too. Yeah. There's plenty of STDs. It may, I know they mainly affect women. Like, is it gonorrhea that um, can, will stop a... Like a chlamydia. Male, chlamydia, yeah. Like, a male can carry it without ever having a symptom because it doesn't affect yeah. him. But spread it and it'll... No, you can get... It'll it'll affect you, but you don't show any symptoms or something like that. Well, you don't show symptoms for most of them. Yeah, uh, where women do, and they'll get it. And But they can also go... I mean, you don't show as in you can't look at your penis and see, oh, there's a rash. You know, you don't... Yeah. You wouldn't need to go and get your blood tested. <laughs> if you could look down and say, oh, I have chlamydia, you'd automatically go and get treated. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, there's a reason you get your blood taken. I could see, like, can if can a flu can mutate, if rabies can mutate, if all these other things can mutate, just as easily see. And maybe it plays into the what you're talking about, the different yeah. pesticides we're using. I can easily see an actual STI mutating and enough just making us sick. And yeah. and by the time we discovered, like, eighty percent of the population have it already. Yeah, yeah. and we've as we talked before that you only need like if. if 75% is enough. Like, that counts. Actually, I should have said that when I was talking about mass extinction. 75% is what needs to drop for a species to be ext- considered extinct. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, which isn't, like, it's not a huge amount. And we could go on, and in 2,000 years, we might be back to, whatever, 50% of what we are now, but it still means we're on the endangered list. Yeah, well, I think it's the idea that if you drop below that threshold... You can't sustain it. Yeah, there's just no way you would really climb back. Underpopulation slash sterilization problem. Yeah, I can see that as a plausible scenario. It's um, possible. I see it specifically with the spread of disease. Like, yeah, I'm not a germaphobe or anything, but like the way I, I say, as you blow <laughs> your nose, yeah, sorry, um, and recoil. Uh, not really, but uh, just like uh, you see the way people like 
people are so unhygienic in real life. Oh, they're the worst. And like, I'll give you just so you again. You're talking about. It's, I might have said this before on the podcast, but um, there's there's kind of a weird. We're living in a weird time where people have this. And I think it's kind of an internet age thing where people have this idea of, oh, you know, medical treatment is pretty good now. Like I've I've met people. I met a guy just to, I was working in a place and we were having I was having a conversation with another colleague and we were talking about someone who had like five kids or something. And we we're like, but that guy's like 22. How does he have that many kids? And And I said something like, you know, some people just don't know how to rubber up. And one of the guys goes what the fuck are you talking about? It's like, it's 2015 at the time. And he goes, who wears a fucking condom these days? And it was just one of those like facepalm moments of just like, mm. are you serious? Is, you actually think that way? Well, surely he meant that, uh, you know, most people are on birth control or have the bar. Or, surely that's what he meant. Well, well, yeah, but he was just like, but he wasn't thinking about like STDs or any of that kind of shit. Yeah. He was just thinking like, oh, sure, you won't get anyone pregnant. He, he was just... Really stupid. I was joking like, though. He wasn't thinking about birth control and the bar and stuff. That no, was he, he was not. Okay, <laughs> I just want to make that clear. No, no, people that, that thought that was his. His comment was like, you know, ah, sure, no, medical science will sort that out. Because like, I, I'm happy, happier even to rely on like other forms yeah. of protection. But yeah, well, but for STDs, I mean, yeah, like if it's just with strangers, you're, you're probably best to uh, <laughs> rubber up, as you so eloquently put. Yeah. I've had conversations with people, the amount of, that's not a huge amount, but the fact that it's any number of people I know that are in their 30s are single, sexually active, and have never seen the inside of an STD clinic yeah. is fucking it's shocking. Crazy. There's nothing wrong with getting an STD, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. <laughs> like, <laughs> most people that go never had one. It's, it's why you those. go, like... You got to just make to keep that clean record like, yeah, yeah. to make sure you can have that. You can, you can have some pride with never having one, like yeah. But you only know you never had one by actually getting checked. Exactly, that's it. And especially with things like that, like chlamydia, you can spread without even knowing. You know. Yeah, and again, it's the it's the sort of our classic fear mongering thing. But who the fuck knows what virus is around the corner? Yeah, like is the next SARS. Also, the next HIV and spread through intercourse, and yeah, uh, it's well, it was there like last year was the um, was oh, it the Zika, Zika yeah, that virus, yeah, yes, yeah. scary, fuck yeah. Well, on to nicer things, anyway, yeah, 42. <laughs> We're only on 42, <laughs> this might be two episodes. So, the death of the bees is number 42. Uh, why are bees important, Johnny? Well, Shane, one out of every three meals you eat is only possible by a little bee. No way. Yeah, lovely little bee. He cooked it himself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so if the bees die, the plants, they pollinate die, which obviously will lead to famine in parts of the world that rely completely on those crops, but will have drastic economic effects everywhere. Yeah, uh, almost immediately as well. Not to mention how it will affect how we feed livestock. Of course, which tends to uh, when when people tends to cut corner on how they feed livestock is what creates 
disease. Oh, yeah. So uh, we didn't mention uh, mad cow disease and that in, when we we're talking about disease. But yeah, so even the death of the bee can lead to other yeah, creatures. Because if, if you don't have fodder crops, then you'll have less meat and it just has a knock-on effect mm. continuously. Yeah, it's a it, it's kind of a scary one. Like even the fact that uh, beekeepers around the world have seen a decline from between thirty to eighty percent. Wow! On their colonies, some have put up to ninety three percent, but generally it's thirty to eighty, which it's is crazy. Such a huge, and that's like in such a short period of time. Yeah. When like you're talking decades. I, w- I watched uh, the video you linked. Oh yeah, yeah. This topic and uh, it's crazy. Like there's there's already shitloads of stuff that's causing the bees and then all this stuff we're doing with like pesticides it's mental yeah yeah but to give you an idea of how how big the drop is the u.s the u.s had five million hives in 1988 and 2.6 today half um 30 years sorry in like 30 years they've half yeah yeah um so essentially what's causing it yeah there's a few things but they can all be encompassed in one phenomena called colony collapse disorder. Yeah. Uh, and pretty much what happens there is the majority of worker bees uh, in the colony just disappear and leave behind a queen bee uh, with all the food she needs to, to nurse and to, to nurse the new bees, but uh, yeah. no worker bees to take care of the everyday running. So everything eventually just dies off. Wow. Um, poor bees <laughs> they don't even really sting you like no no I've always liked bees yeah will you will you if a bee's buzzing around your face you won't swat it away or anything no I try to ignore them actually or yeah they're kind of they're very harmless you also yeah. just have to do that like quick check to make sure it's they're not like a wasp, wasp. They, yeah they're yeah. a bit more aggressive it does make me laugh like the the fear people have. I know there's people who are allergic to bees and I can kill them yeah but, yeah but it always makes me laugh like like that if you're sitting outside somewhere like a bee comes along there's always like you're in a group of people there's always about three or four people get up and run away screaming yeah yeah and you're like it's a fucking bee yeah so uh there's a few things affecting the bees most people do like the the uh how we treat our crops uh yeah and just how people fucking you know weed their backyard has yeah. a huge effect on them and that could certainly do a lot to, to, to stop the problem but then just nature itself is fucking things up too yeah so there's the not too unlike uh, what we talked about in the last of us episode there's plenty oh, yeah. of mites and parasites the uh, there's an invasive uh, an increased loss through an invasive species of a mite the vero mite so that's one of the big ones they're working on there's also uh, the Israeli acute paralysis disease that's affecting the bees and then the big one uh, is a gut parasite that lays eggs in the bee's gut and the the offspring then feed off the body until they kill the bee off then they leave the body and it's spread out across the hive continuing this and by then the the, the baby uh, parasites are infecting the new bees and it's continuing the cycle work kind of very like how the cordyceps infect the ants yeah yeah uh, Nozema or Nozema is the name of that parasite, and that that seems to be the big one. Uh, yeah. But it's just a natural occurrence that happens anyway. Yeah, like how, what the fuck do you do about that? Yeah. James Heffield from Metallica is uh, he was on Joe Rogan's podcast there maybe a month or two ago, 
and a good hour and a half of the podcast was just them talking about beekeeping. Wow. <laughs> James Heffield's a beekeeper now. <laughs> that's cool. Um, he had a lot, it was very interesting. And that's where I heard about number 41, which is the death of the beetle. Uh, death of the Beetle just sounds like an amazing novel. That's what I was thinking when I wrote Death of the Beetle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a really, it sounds like a fucking Asanoff novel or something, doesn't it? Yeah, it's so um, cool. yeah. So this is essentially just Dito everything we just said about the bees, but with the beetle, they're uh, just as important to agriculture. Yeah, a lot of people don't think about it. People don't. People, nobody shies away from crushing a beetle when they see it in a field. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, beetles are really important to pollinating. Plants. No, not the same plants. Yeah, um, it's the, the other third of plants. Yeah, it's mainly like uh, not necessarily crops we grow for agriculture, but uh, more flowers and trees and stuff. Yeah, uh, and I guess beetles tend to kind of destroy people's flowers, and that's why it's all right. Or sorry, beetles do. Whereas bees, do, like bees, pollinate and stuff doesn't really. If you have a nice garden, yeah. do do bees inf- affect no, no. any of your? They're good to have around. Yeah, whereas beetles kind of do because they, they they're greedy. I guess they eat yeah, too much. Bit, yeah. So and that's why they're seen more of a pest than bees would be. But still, what they're doing is important to an ecosystem. It's the same with um, like ladybirds or ladybugs, whatever mm. you call them. Um, they. I know they pollinate, but and will they? Yeah, they no, they stuff, they like. eat um, they eat like aphids and things. So they eat a lot of species that will wreck your. Crops. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So it's good to have uh, ladybugs in your garden and like loads of, loads of organic uh, like farm places. They'll sell they'll sell you like a ladybug colony, and then you put it in your garden, right? And, right. Because like, so no, it's a really cool thing to keep. Yeah, I'd love to keep bees. I never thought of beetles though. But yeah, so beetle, again, obviously it's it's nowhere near as important as the bee in terms of how much it pollinates. But there's plenty, You know, actually a lot of plants that are used for medicine and stuff. Is yeah, where, yeah. That's where you'd have a, a beetle pollinating it. But it's just, a, it's just it's a good one to put in there because nobody thinks about it. Oh, yeah. Um, and sticking with the, kind of the same team, it's number 40. In, number 40. Yeah, <laughs> invasive species. So, you know, generally species are going to compete for food no matter where they are, uh, whether it's a fungus, animal, or the most dangerous animal of all, cats. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Or or humans. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot to say about it. Everybody knows what an invasive species does. Yeah, they just devastate the land. Yeah, they, they... come just from true hunting but also will like produce disease that native animals can't fight because they've never encountered it before the damaged soil for agriculture everything that's crucial to a, an eco a region's ecosystem they'll destroy yeah uh, and I, I just came across this fact this morning never heard this before but because i didn't realize just how like how common like new invasive species were yeah you wouldn't think it's that big of a problem like but every year it costs the global economy 1.4 trillion dollars that's insane but it's like where like but i guess there there's species that <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a species that has already become an invasive species like maybe in the 80s and oh, just yeah. it's continuing to do so much damage that each year it's oh, yeah, destroying so much whatever cropland or forest land or whatever it is but it's crazy but uh, insects in particular like invasive insects uh, have been known to desertify uh, entire forests over the course of a few decades 
So crazy. left unchecked could be pretty catastrophic. If you introduce a fucking, even a slot who isn't a, not, not quite the, uh, you know, a, a killer of an animal or anything. It's not an apex predator. But yeah. you introduce a slot to the Wicklow Mountains, there's no animal, like no animal there will really know how to deal with it. So it <laughs> could become a dominant yeah, there's suddenly you have like hundred thousand slots in yeah, the yeah. mountains, and no more trees. Left. They're, yeah, they're the only animal there that can actually climb the trees. So yeah. and they've got nothing that they need to worry about. It's just so. like the slowest invasion ever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it'd be nice. That'd be a nice invasive species. Can you imagine if yeah. we somehow had a slot problem? Like, yeah, you'd be like, oh, there's one in your garden. You're like, oh, I've got like a year. Yeah, <laughs> shit. He's just going to be hanging around there for a year. <laughs> like six months later, he's by at the back door. <laughs> You're just like, oh, I should have done something about this ages ago. <laughs> I just constantly procrastinated. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that, like the the coffee cup that's in the back of your car, and you're like, oh, I must put that in the bin. I'll do it tomorrow. And <laughs> it's just they're almost the type of things that just you don't yeah. get to. Um, but speaking of which, this is where we could get through an invasive species is. Number 39. Jesus, we're only at 39. We may fly through these. So desert desert art. The top 20 centimetres of art soil is all that stands between us and extinction, pretty much. That's the most fertile. Yeah. I mean, it's averages in going across the entire earth. It depends on where you are. Um, But it's it's more that layer of the earth. And yes, a slow degradation of the earth soil is... Obviously, a natural process, but we're probably further on in that process than we should be through how we've abused the land. Yeah, like industrial farming and mining. And yeah, like essentially, that. it's more, it shouldn't all be happening at once everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah it, that's the whole point is the natural evolution is this bit erodes, this bit grows, that yeah. bit grows, that bit grows. And it's just everywhere, it's just eroding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And deserts themselves, like deserts, just grow and fall naturally. Like there, you look at places like Egypt. There's there's deserts where there yeah. wasn't deserts. Just only like a thousand years ago, like not. Yeah, it was it, like really fertile land, yeah. and that's where they. That's why it was so successful. But nobody thinks of it that way. Yeah, and it probably will be. Maybe it will be. Well, I don't know. Depending on how they're treating it, but and there's areas that are full of life now that were de- that were also deserts a hundred yeah. years ago. It's just a, a completely natural process. But at the rate we're causing them to, to erode, uh they they might not climb come back. They might they might grow and not fall. Yeah. A quarter of the earth land has been rendered useless since nineteen eighty eight. By humans. By humans. That's crazy. Fucking quarter. And there's not much land on the earth, really, when you look at it and see how much water and how much land yeah, is there. I think crazy. a quarter of that. 75 billion tonne of soil is lost a year through erosion and salination, which, natural. Yeah. But 150 billion lost because the quality has degraded through overuse. And that's... It's all like modern aggressive farming is just yeah. terrible. It's fucking crazy. It's the fact that they don't give land... Because when they say... Because that, that 20 centimetre line, that wasn't my own. I could couldn't oh, yeah. create something that intelligent. But like when they say that, it's it's the idea that like you, you use the 20 centimetre top layer, then you let it recover. 
you kill the land, let it recover, and then come back to it. Yeah. And it's the idea that they don't seem to let land recover. They use it up. And, and then throw get, chemicals on it. And yeah. Stuff. yeah. I saw a cool video a while ago, and it was all about like sustainable organic farming. And it was this farm in England. It was taken over by this girl who, um, she was the TV presenter. And she went back to take over her dad's farm. And she made a documentary about it. I think you I might have sent it, yeah. That, yeah. And they, she showed side by side this footage of like them plowing a field in the 70s. Mm. And it was so fertile that all the birds would come down and like pick all the worms and stuff out of the soil. And then they filmed the same field. That's just dead. Wow. Like, and, they, and they have to spray it with like these chemical fertilizers to just bring it back. So they can grow something in it. Yeah, and yeah. Even if it's just to grow grass to feed cows. Like, it, it, yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous. It's funny because I was cleaning my garden the other day. Like, I don't know, a ridiculous day's work on it. Because, uh, like, she didn't see she, it. Yeah, was, that was a jungle. It was an absolute jungle. And now it is a desert. Yeah. 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 But it's actually, like, it, it looks like a desert. But it's fertile. It's definitely fertile uh, land because, like, and if I if I cleared just a couple of feet away from what I was doing, the amount of birds that just shot down. I was even there today when I arrived. There's still birds coming down for stuff. Like yeah, and I was like, last it was n- nearly a week. Like when I done it, yeah. throughout my entire life, I always had a theory that there was only one living robin in the world, <laughs> because I've only ever seen one robin at a time. Now that you say it. Yeah, like I always like any time I've seen a robin, it's just been it's just been one robin by himself. I've yeah. never seen two robins in the same space. So I always had this theory. They're lonely fuckers. Yeah. I always thought, though, especially when I was a kid, that there was only one robin, and it was this like mystical creature thing. Yeah. Uh, but I saw five robins in the backyard the other day, so I completely blew that theory. Are out you of the sure water. he wasn't just moving really quickly? No, because they were pretty fat. Like they were getting, they were so well fed. Like they couldn't <laughs> yeah. move much. There was because there's one. There's a, a nest. I think it's. I'm not. I, I, it's where I see him popping down from. So there is one that I think has a nest. Yeah, just down uh, like in that tree over there. I'm pretty sure it was the same one. Like I saw him in the morning, he looked normal, and then I saw him in the evening, and he looked really fat. Like he ate <laughs> some rice. Or <laughs> he just ate so much worms. Like he just, Jesus. Uh, my my dad has a robin that sits on the lawnmower when he's cutting the grass. Really? Yeah. Like oh, on the, the handlebar across the Quite like robins. They're quite a badass bird when you think They're about cool. it. Like the fact that like they don't they don't see the point of They're like of, fuck winter. Yeah. Come at me, bro. <laughs> yeah. They'll fucking get through frost. They don't give a shit yeah. like. So we're on to number thirty eight. Which is just simple pollution. I thought, yeah, um, and the the idea with this one is just that uh, we just toxify the earth beyond like livability from I like from obviously putting different gases and toxins into the air, poisoning rivers and are poisoning the the water table and uh, just by destroying the world with industry and chemicals. Basically, it's a uh, from anything yeah. from mining to oil drilling, the oceans, all that kind of crap. It's just yeah, agriculture. Yeah, Every, cows having too many cows. Yeah, poisoning the atmosphere. Just yeah, we just fuck it all up. And then, because yeah, it comes back to this thing where like there's so much uh, p- 
pollution caused in just in nature, like you, that we we count for such a small percent, really. But it's like, do we really need to add to it? There's a perfect yeah. balance. Because that's what, like, that, that's kind of like what people always point out. People on the opposite side is like, "Oh well, such and such releases so much carbon dioxide into the air anyway, and that affects yeah. the ozone layer." And you're like, "Yeah, and that naturally occurs." But like, why farming? But here? farming, like, fucking so much cow, so much beef, so as you can sell, like, you know, one kg of mince for three euro in like discount supermarket. <laughs> yeah. That's not necessary or natural. Like. Yeah, exactly. It's just we might only add a small percent in some regards, but it's a percent that isn't necessary. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's just. And I'm not saying like I'm, I don't, we're not even preaching because like we both are a part of that problem, but it's just a fact yeah. that it's it just humans, us included, just yeah. This is a lot no, of what we do isn't remotely necessary. No. <laughs> you know, like how much how much like energy are we using up in the world just to do? Although what we're doing now is very important, I would argue. Sorry. <laughs> so you lost me for a second there. Um, 37. Yeah. Uh, Global food crisis. Yeah, and then that's just a knock on effect of loads of the things you already talked about, like the bees, the beetles, the desert effect, even the pollution effect is. Yeah, yeah. Overpopulation, all the things we mentioned will. We have a food crisis. <laughs> yeah, the only difference is. That we kind of technically currently have a food crisis. Oh, yeah. Where we have actually reached the limit of what we can produce for what lives here. Yeah. Um, so pretty soon you're not going to be able to buy those 1K, 1kg worth of beef in a discount yeah. supermarket for 3 euro. We also waste a lot of food, though. That's the, that's a huge part of it, I think, is we, we throw out... We bin enough food to feed like all the starving people. Mm. Yeah, this kind of shit. Like it's just Absolutely. We're, not, we're not very efficient with our food production. Absolutely, but I think the the global food crisis isn't that you're going to magically run out of food. The crisis comes from like how affordable it is for people. It's more oh, that yeah. it's more that you will actually have to pay if you want to. But you won't be able to buy Tesco everyday basic steaks like, <laughs> and stuff like that. I think that's more what a food crisis is. That reference is going to be lost in Americans. But the food will just go up in price, to be fair, to a price where what it's actually worth. Because we live in a point where people have no value in a lot of, even buying like, you know, mints and uh, actual like turkey breasts and stuff like that. They're, being, they're so cheap. It's like, you should not be able to buy them that cheap. You should not be able to buy a chicken for six euro, a full chicken to put in your oven for six euro. I do it about twice a month and I always think that was too cheap because that's, that's like that's a life of a whole creature like that was being fed and given water and shelter for however many months it needs to mature to that size yeah and I'm given I'm given the supermarket six euro the farmers maybe getting two euro for that but how much if you just like how does that work out exactly like because if you buy one chicken buy it you get a chick and you just raise it to that size in your backyard by itself just one how much you, you it's probably going to cost the same as if raising a, a, a dog would. Yeah, yeah, you're going to spend. But because you're doing it on such a mass scale, yeah, it costs, 
because you've got millions upon millions of them throughout a few years, <laughs> it ends up costing like 30 cent per chicken to grow it, which is fucked up. That it's, it's done on that's that, crazy. That's such a scale. Yeah. But even so, that's not going to be affordable pretty soon because the because of all the other stuff we mentioned, the population yeah. increase, all that. that. It's just going to cost too. It'll cost more to even do that. Yeah, like what do you feed the chickens if you don't have like cheap crops to feed them? The food crisis is, is like like that's we, we might do an actual episode on that because that's one of yeah. the very serious topics that uh, especially in prepper communities and stuff but yeah it's a serious one and like it's just like it's just a matter of time before that happens really because you just we we can't consume the way we consume not with food especially not with meat meat and veg yeah well exotic fruit and veg i guess yeah uh locally grown stuff will probably always have at the same price that it is now until everybody runs out of other food and people are actually, there's more of a demand for it. That's the thing. That's mm. the problem. That's where your garden comes in, though. You just want to buy land somewhere and build a big electric fence <laughs> around it and leave the bastards. <laughs> and at 36, so we tr- kind of covered this in our Mad Max episode, so if you're curious, go back and listen to that. But just the idea of water wars, where yeah. water becomes the, the sought-after commodity. Which well, that's it. Sorry? Sorry, yeah, go on. No, no. I was no. just going to say, well, that's it. We just make so much of our water undrinkable and so few, so little of it is drinkable to begin with of the percentage of water. That's... Yeah, yeah. But again, it's the, the there's countries where water currently is a commodity and it's the idea that you will have uh, wars fought over that commodity as yeah. opposed to oil and now. It's crazy. Because um, it's, it's an actual it's, need. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to oil, which is a, a luxury, really, at the end of the day. Yeah. Though it's weird. It's like, when does a, when does a luxury become a need? Yeah. But yeah, there's a, there's a really interesting map online of just where the actual drinkable water in the world is. And it just kind of maps out what countries don't have it and what, like, who would go to war with who over water. All the countries that don't have water. Like that, well, they don't have clean drinking water. Yeah. It's mad when you think about it, though. Like, yeah. Because yeah. it's... I know the percent of actual water on the earth is in sea is, what is it, like 85 or something? Or 90 even? I think so, yeah. I think it's 2% of... What is it? No, 3% of... Well, that's not too important yeah. anyway. But even uh, in terms of clean water, it's still something... Like, as in clean drinkable water is still something like 69% of the earth has... Oh, sorry, has... Yeah. Clean drinking water. Yeah. Which is, like, not too far off what... When, when, the, when you look at the earth of what's actually salt water. Yeah. Like, it's not that far off, but still, something like 30% of the countries in the world don't have clean drinking water on a daily <laughs> basis. It's mad. madness. Um... But yeah, uh, I guess we'll just throw on uh, our website of the potential hotspots for a conflict for a water war. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, but, you know, you'll be happy to hear they're, they're they're not in the Western world, really. Like, it's yeah, African, and South, African and South America. But North America, there's there's parts of North America that have terrible problems with their water yeah. supply. The uh, what is it? The what's the name of the natural lakes in North America? 
where they get their water from. Um, is it just the Great Lakes? I was gonna say, is it just the Great Lakes? Um, but they like they're the they're running dry, like which is fucking mad. That's mad, absolutely mental. Now running dry means like they might be dry in fifty years, but yeah, still they're running low. Like that's like, where so much of their clean water originates. There, like, but was this? They're not. They're not. The lakes where they're storing this clean water aren't refilling. They're not being replenished. Yeah, yeah, replenished. That's yeah. the way I was trying to think of. Uh, again, yeah, again, overuse. Like, yeah, there's been. It's more on the conspiracy end of the spectrum, but there is a whole thing where Nestle, whichever bottled water company they run, <laughs> like they did have a factory a few miles from the Great Lakes, and apparently yeah. they were do, they're essentially doing a Mister Burns and like training it. Oh, secretively to make it scarcer so they can put up their prices like oh no that's where they were getting they were sourcing their water for their bottled water oh wow okay yeah that's mad so stealing <laughs> like they just see like this like villain just turning a big wheel just going like <laughs> I think Nestle know they're the villains yeah they yeah, probably yeah. would embrace that so number 35 is one of our favourite topics. We we did a really good episode on it. Yes. Uh, it was just a super volcanic eruption. Yeah, caldera. It can be anywhere, most likely Yellowstones. We've done... Yeah. Again, really hard not to say Jellystone. <laughs> <laughs> we've done kind of two episodes on it, so... Yeah. Like, there's no... Po- we, we've done this pretty to death. Yeah. There's no point going into it again. Uh, but if you if you're a new listener, you should go back and listen to those too. Um, it's a scary one. It's the one that most likely leads us to a, a the road scenario. Yeah, which I mean, there's worse things that could happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, there's not really because we're not going to go into either of them so soon after it. Let me ask you, which would you rather? Live through that number thirty five, yeah, or number thirty four, the cordyceps brain infection. Oh, because we had to put that down as a of course because it seems possible after our last episode. Um, probably because of the influence of having studied and watched The Last of Us, probably seems more fun. Mm. It's not as dark and bleak. At least like nature's taking over and stuff instead of nature dying. Nature's. Trial. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd it's like humans that. might be on the way out, but the yeah. earth is surviving. Where the super volcano is, it's everything dies. Yeah, it's the road, but with a nicer landscape. Like that's yeah, and the and you know, no like nuclear winter, <laughs> yeah. which is a huge advantage. So number thirty three, I, I think this is a genuine worry, just a mass insanity. I hadn't heard this theory till you put this on our notes board. That's. Uh... I, I don't know if this is a theory. This is my this is my own worry. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, kind of. Well, like, well, it's not my own in that uh, there's certainly a worry that the future of mental health is going to be... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The opposite of sturdy, I guess. <laughs> unstable? <laughs> well, the unstable is... It's not the word, but it's certainly a word. It's a fitting word. Yeah. But yeah, so like the modern world's a pretty stressful place. Most people today suffer from some form of mental illness. Yeah. The World Health Organization estimates that 500 million people around the world suffer from a psychological disorder. 
by t- and by 2020, depression will likely be the second leading cause of death and lost oh, pro- productivity. <laughs> so right, right behind cardiovascular disease, which is insanity. It's the wrong word to use, but yeah, yeah. So my my fear, not it's not genuine fear, but the way I'm thinking about it is that like you take any of the natural disasters we've talked about are those sort of scenarios. Yeah. Uh, when you have a world of increasing mental and psychological problems and those people can't deal with these unknown unknowns of the future, yeah. how do they act? Um, yeah. You people aren't equipped with the, I suppose the mental tools or capacity. Well, it's not that they're not equipped. It's that the 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 world is throwing so much shit at people. Yeah. Um, like I mean, the rate of suicide, everything is increasing. Yeah. Which is madness. Keep using the wrong words here. <laughs> no, yeah, um, it almost sounds like you're doing it on purpose. Yeah. It's very funny. Like you can compare to like compare to the, the, the especially like with ma- men, like the male suicide rate now compared to what it was in like 1920. Yeah, it's like astronomically higher. It's huge because it's, and I, I and in that, it, but that's because this pressure is on. There's still that kind of societal and cultural. Oh, we know thing why like, it is. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter like, why it, but the, it yeah. exists though. Like it's mad. Um, uh, do you think we'll we'll see a future like in Futurama where on every street corner there's a suicide, <laughs> suicide boot, and and it's because you know. Overpopulation's a problem. So if you want to take your life, you, you really you you really it. want it. This Cullen. <laughs> um, I just think overpopulation's a problem. I'm, I just you know that's right. And I don't mean to be even comical with mass insanity, but I think genuinely we do risk living in a future where we have a huge portion of the population who are suffering from mental illnesses. And are heavily medicated and all sorts of stuff. And whether heavily medicated or not, it's just, it's not a good place. Neither of them are a good place. To no, be. no, You've been doped up on Soma so as you can get through the day isn't good either. No. And uh, that just, event- like, if that just continues to get worse, I, I just, I, I don't know, I think it's a terrible, like, even, like, think of how much, how worse things like road rage and, that will be just like we talked about before <laughs> we talked about well no is that not like no no it's just really yeah it makes so much sense if everything just increases like it's it's gonna be a pretty shit place to live for a while but eventually yeah. it will actually cause legit problems <laughs> like yeah if everybody's everybody's having a shitty day every day that's pretty shitty yeah it's like, look at how fucking miserable people are now since you know since Seemingly since Donald Trump became president, <laughs> like uh, including Donald Trump, everybody, everybody's been talking about how just a miserable time it is to be alive. Yeah, like all your online commentators and all, like everything kind of even like I was reading a, a, a review of Guardians of the Galaxy this morning, oh, yeah. and like it started with, "Okay, I know 2017 seems like a horrible, horrible place to be alive." <laughs> <laughs> it's a Guardians of the Galaxy review, and, and you still have to say it like that. Um, so I just think, yeah, you multiply that by you multiply that by thirty, forty years. Like, what's your yeah. picture of the world? Pretty bleak, I think. Dark. So everybody relax. Uh, it's okay because number thirty-two, <laughs> the uh, 
we might have a particle accelerator accident and yeah. create antimatter or a black hole uh, that will just eat away at our planet and kill us all. Um, there's the uh, relativistic heavy ion collider or H- or HIC, which is on Long Island in New York, and they could possibly accidentally create a subatomic black hole or antimatter mass that would just eat away at the planet. So, yeah, we don't know what will happen there. <laughs> but we won't need to worry about mass insanity, so... No. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one. <laughs> uh, that's a solution to a lot of the, of a lot of the former. Yeah. And then... The, then there's not a huge much more to say about that because no. That kind of, um, then thirty one, which is, I think we'll probably end up covering as a topic. I'm sure it has to be in fiction somewhere. Yeah. Um, oh, it's in the woods. Yeah, and it's one uh, I, I've always been fascinated by. I remember seeing a documentary of this when I was about twelve, which is it's nanotechnology disaster, and the idea of this is that we create nanobots that become completely self replicating. And you create gay gray gray <laughs> goo or a gray matter, which uh, <laughs> 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 that's another problem. Um, no, so you, yeah, you've gray goo. Um, well, it's um, only a problem for some people. <laughs> <laughs> gray goo, yeah. Um, and there's a scientist uh, called uh, K. Eric. Drexler, uh, he's in the Foresight Institute, which I found, and he wrote a book called The Grey Goo, or sorry, en- Engines of Creation. And uh, he talks about how it could happen like after an industrial accident and things like that. And it's, it's bacteria sized machines, and they would just spread around the world and mm. destroy ecosystems and create a desert essentially out of the whole planet. And yeah, I haven't read it, but I think there's a Michael Crichton novel about it, where it's like a virus, what's it, a nanotech, oh, yeah. nanobot virus, essentially. I think we're originally there, it's used to inject nanobots into people to repla- repair blood cells and stuff, but eventually they oh, yeah. take over, they, they become almost like na- nanobot parasites, I guess. Yeah. I haven't read it, but it sounds kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. Sounds like the... A topic we could cover. Yeah, definitely. I might even be wrong. That I might not even be Michael Crichton, but a writer like that. Yeah. Um, okay, so number thirty is uh, technology singularity, and this is we create artificial intelligence that surpasses our own intelligence, becomes self-replicating again. Similar idea, but it's more specifically, um, we just become obsolete. Because yeah. the machines don't need... They've surpassed us in every way. They don't need us. And they become their own species that we go to war with. Yeah. Yeah, and this is one that... Uh, <clears throat> likely because there's enough people uh, trying Yeah, it. <laughs> trying well, to make it. Um, summoning the demon, uh, as they say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean... It doesn't necessarily the, the the rise of an artificial intelligence doesn't necessarily mean it will do any of that. It's the stuff of fiction. Yeah, it could be like a millennium bug all over again, um, <laughs> kind of thing. We create all this hysteria over artificial intelligence, then we create it, and it's like, how's it going? Yeah, yeah. Like there could be absolutely no reason 
yeah. for it. And and which it's that thing as well, like artificial intelligence is still artificial. Yeah. That's kind of the definition of it being artificial, isn't it? You can we can still have control over it. Yeah. But then you said there's an argument to be made for what are we are 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 we not just artificially intelligent because what is intelligence? Yeah, yeah. Can you even put a like what what would you consider intelligence? Um, I don't know. I see very little of it. <laughs> um, that's the thing. Is it like that you're self-aware or is it more than that? You know, mm. is it something simple like a dog you can teach a trick? Is that intelligent? Or is... certainly not, I would say. No, no. But you know what I mean? Like it's... Um... Yeah, I'd say it's more like how how self-aware you are. But even to that extent, something being self-aware doesn't give it any power really like i'm self-aware i don't really have any power because of that yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> no i know it's different to a, like a, a supercomputer that can learn at like such a rate that we yeah. couldn't possibly keep up with they can run an algorithm and decide yeah. in microseconds what the best course of action is to take and that course of action might be extinguish all the humans it's like how to solve global warming and it's just like oh extinguish the humans yeah. I know it's like every you, answer you're running through the computer and the answer is just extinguish all the humans yeah every answer <laughs> it's um, it's kind of one of those things on um, how do we fix Iron Fist extinguish all the humans <laughs> um, I'm kind of I'm probably a little bit paranoid in the way of the idea of like I'm all about embracing technology to improve our lives, but not too much. Yeah, yeah. Like I, uh, so you'd uh, probably be. Oh no, actually, I'll, I'll save that. Sorry, uh, you're I mean, like, like when you see people like oh they have a smart house where like a computer controls like their fridge and tells them when they're out of milk and all this kind of shit. I'm like fuck that. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like that's so stupid. I don't want to be like everything in my house to be controlled and be linked to one system. But even somebody like wearing a smartwatch and checking their text so they don't have to pull their phone out of their pocket or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're gonna end up as like the fat people who live on the spaceships in Wally. Probably not gonna even get that far. <laughs> no, but it, like, like, <laughs> but I know what you mean. Yeah, I'm paranoid about making sure I don't become that. You know, I don't want to depend too much on technology. Uh, yeah, um, how dependent do you think you are on technology in general? Probably a lot more than I should be. <laughs> right. Oh, definitely. My life would definitely be made worse yeah. for a while without it. But I mean, I'd forget. Like, I I forget about. Like, when if you go, how often do you like go and stay in your family's house? Like, or like my parents? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, not that often. Like, I'd go over and visit and stuff. Or even down to your wife's yeah, place. Yeah, it's probably, probably about once a month. And you'd go for what two or three days? Yeah, we go for like the weekend. Do you yeah. bring a computer with you? Sometimes, yeah. Oh, okay. Were you going to say you don't? Uh, no, well, I thought you did. I was well, like, I, I was expecting you to say no. And it's like, well, there, see, a lot of people do. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I get what you're saying. But you don't sometimes anyway. Yeah, yeah. Then that's at least a good sign. Because I know people, like, I know somebody who's going into the hospital and his main concern was, like, if he could, when he was packing, was to, like, be able to bring his computer, <laughs> his MacBook. It's like, why the fuck? Like, I'll bring my mobile, and I, it's not like I don't go on the internet, I'll bring my mobile with me and stuff. Yeah, the only yeah. time I bring my computer is I have it, something I need to do, like editing and that. That's like, exactly it, actually. Uh, going down to stay, like, at the in-laws like that for a weekend or something, I would I would bring my laptop if I know I have to do something. Oh, okay, you know, so, but you're not thing. just randomly, it's like, oh, I'll bring my 
when you think of it, it's like, oh, I'll bring my laptop just in case. But I thing. have, there's been like, I'd say half the time I go, oh, I better bring my laptop. I want to edit those photos or that video or want to write that and article. you just don't use it. And then it but, sits it sits in the kitchen against a wall for the whole time. Ah, yeah, there. but it's still, you see, the security blanket, though, of yeah, it being yeah. there is what, that's, the, that's what, like, kind of speaks to our need for it, I guess. Yeah. And then it's a really funny thing, because then Katie goes, oh, if you're bringing your laptop, then I'm going to bring mine. Because if you're doing something on your yeah, laptop, yeah, yeah. what am I going to do? And yeah, it's, it's the way it goes. It's addiction, you know. Yeah, like, but it's hey. funny because. But then, like, you know, what do you do on your laptop? Are you just like uh, reading news sites and stuff? Because then, is it any different than having a newspaper in your hand? You know, oh, yeah, it's a, or a book. It's or just a, you're you doing know. it in a different. It's the modern. Yeah, uh, but I would say it's a bit different in it because it's certainly different in a book because you're not like if somebody's reading a book, they're reading a book. If somebody's reading a, even an actual physical newspaper, people tend to like flick through and yeah, yeah. people aren't really consuming what they're reading in a newspaper yeah. either. Well, like my my dad is nearly seventy, and he my whole life grown up, he bought a newspaper every day, mm. all through my childhood when I lived at home, and only in the last. I'd say less than 10 years, uh, he's stopped buying the newspaper. And if there's like a special offer on for something in the paper, he'll buy it now. And instead, he sits with a laptop on his lap. Yeah, yeah. Reading reads, the Guardian website. Yeah. Or and even though he has a smartphone, he still likes to read it on the laptop's the yeah. bigger screen. Yeah, yeah. Well, reading news is. Yeah, and, yeah and, he'll sit by, and he goes, but I remember the time, the moment where he said, oh, I've stopped buying newspapers because I can just read it on my laptop now. Yeah. So you're up for, for when it enhances life, you're yeah. okay with it. So uh, you're probably a fan of number what you put for number 29. So Because that was my own theory that I came up with. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I will, it's, it's influenced in a lot of things. But yeah, so number 29 is sex robots. The idea with this is that like a man's obsession with technology and trying to improve things um, collides with their obsession with sex and we create perfectly human-like sex robots that will fulfill any and all desires any fantasy dirty fetish that we just stop sleeping with each other because we've got these robots and we all just live in sustained one-bedroom apartments where we just fuck robots all day and our fridge orders all our food for us and we just die out because nobody's reproducing anymore <laughs> now here's the thing with that why do you think it takes a robot <laughs> is it like like why is it why does everybody in this scenario why would everybody turn to a robot for the whole point is it's it's a complete sex slave to do whatever you want without being horrible to another human being so wait, so so guys that wanted like what like sexually assault? So, no, no, not even just the idea is that. Uh, we see, I think that the person who wants like the, you know the this you're talking about the, the sadomasochist sort of relationship of the master slave, and not like, necessarily, but it's the idea is that um, like the the effort of going out and trying to find a mate and. Having an awkward conversation with somebody in a bar and all yeah, that kind of I stuff. I think Tinder has solved that issue already. Yeah, but it's kind of like the next level, I think, of just... It's 
you just buy a robot and then you have a companion for life. You don't have to worry about anything else. Yeah, yeah. I know you're, but it's more for a comedic value anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I think, I, I just think that uh, it's probably easier to find a willing human <laughs> than, than a functional robot. I would think so. <laughs> I just thought this was a funny. Uh, I did see, I just lost the link by accident, but uh, I did see an Indiegogo campaign this week yeah. uh, for the Autoblow 2. The Autoblow 2. Yeah, a robotic oral sex simulator for men. Wow. Uh, how much do you think it got on Indiegogo? Um... Part of me would like to say nothing, but I'm sure it was an unbelievable amount of money. 358,000. Wow. Uh, it got a 622% of its goal. <laughs> <laughs> I love hearing shit like that. It's amazing that people are just like, like <laughs> free blowjobs. <laughs> um... But no, that's not, it's not a robot, really. it's it's just an oral sex tie, but it's like, it looks like a, I can't play the video, it looks like a bread oven or something, like a bread maker, yeah. So it's just a, a fleshlight that feels yeah, like Yeah, well a, a mechanical, oven. it's a mechanical fleshlight, Okay, but there's another one <laughs> that was on kick. The video you showed me there is a guy putting like a cucumber into yeah. it for demonstration purposes. Um, <laughs> no, I can't find this other one. There was another one that came out this week that's still ongoing, but for some reason I can't find it now. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's more robotic in that it's like a head that moves and it just looks creepy as fuck. Yeah. It just uh, kind of gives us this image of like a guy just sitting there and you're like, but who like, would oh, stick just... their penis into something mechanical? I don't know, wouldn't like, you be so scared? Especially in this other one that I can't find a thing to, they show it how it op- they show how it functions. So they show it without the silicone like fake skin and stuff on it. Yeah. And it's just these metal a metal box with this like metal slab just moving up and down. And when you uh. see that, it's like, oh, it's it just it look it it feels like it's painful just watching it. You're like that's just gonna break something. Yeah. Ugh. Something's just gonna clamp down. What do you think of? Is it in um, THX? Yeah, the film. There's, there's a scene where he's uh, he's watching this like little hologram of a woman dancing in a bikini, and in the later on, and and this like robotic t- tube comes down and like jerks him off. Yeah, <laughs> it's really weird. Uh, See, I'd say what um, why the sex robot wouldn't really keep people indoors because I think the type of person that will like that, that you think might be kept happy with a sex spot to live out all of their desires they're probably also the type of person that couldn't really be monogamous to yeah, even yeah. a robot that they're always going to seek somebody else or something else <laughs> they get another robot um, yeah, so it's just like to have 20 robots in their house um, but i can see like a vr porn and stuff like that yeah. causing the same same issue essentially you have just yeah more people, people get their sexual desires from mm things other than like it's it's more than like a simple masturbation it's technology is adding in to fulfilling desires of well i I was thinking of the robots more more from kind of the companionship point of view not necessarily just sex but sex robots was the funny way to put it (laughs) you can have cuddles you'll have some like you come home from work and 
your dinner is made and the robot's like, you are home, Johnny. You, see, you know, whatever, like that's the... Then I imagine, though, that at some point, like if, if it's about companionship and sort of living the... Uh, this is actually a great topic. This should just be an episode. Yeah, um, well, then let's revisit it. Yeah. Or we could wrap up with just this topic and get back to the rest next week. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think if it's about companionship and that, though, wouldn't that... Once you're, you're human and you're robot couple the human are these sentient or anyway sentient robots well i was thinking like you know uh, what's an ex machina kind of robot okay so so definitely yeah but programmed to not go crazy and stabby yeah yeah <laughs> but still uh seeking human emotion and seeking to be more human like yeah it's it's replication of humans so if this is about like a, a more of a companionship thing in a real relationship at some point even that robot and that human are probably going to want to have kids <laughs> and it might be artificially inseminating a robot or like because obviously w- yeah. wouldn't it be the same with women i'd say like to be fair like women might if it's about companionship women might use this more than men like yeah the, yeah the ideal guy like um so like they, they might still like raise a family honey with a robot yeah and that's creepy you know? <laughs> it's creepy but like wouldn't wouldn't mean the end is yeah, it may- creepy may- though maybe you'd have that like is it the end of men <laughs> that uh, we're all just kept in comas as uh, sperm donors and robots raise ch- our children with women who are far happier? It's like, it's like all mankind, like male kind, is cooked by robot men. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sure that's a porn fetish somewhere. <laughs> I, I can't, like, yeah, it's, it's the Futurama thing, the Marilyn Monroe robot. Yeah, yeah, that was that was probably the my um, the first thing that influenced me into it. I think in any sort of a world where robots like work amongst us or live amongst us, it'll be like, but more of a like a Blade Runner scenario yeah, where yeah. I think there would be like sex robots would be a part of that sort of community. Yeah, but it wouldn't dominate. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it'd certainly be a thing. Yeah, without question, it would Definitely. exist. Because like it's one of the first things they're thinking of now. Like it's like, well, how can we make? How can we have sex with this? <laughs> yeah. I, I love that idea of just. There's can like, we fuck it? <laughs> yeah, this is like five scientists in the room, and a guy comes in. Guys, guys, guys! I've just invented this new amazing thing, and one guy's is like, oh, will it be? Co- will it cost much to produce? No, it'd be quite cheap. The next guy is, like, can I fuck it? <laughs> yeah. uh, it's always that guy. <laughs> yeah. I'd say there's a few of them. Yeah. Uh, so I think we will we wrap, yeah, up, we'll at wrap up at 29, which is yeah. a, a very odd number to I know, and at. I just noticed in our in our numbers, it get a bit fucked up after that, so we mixed them up somewhere where the cougar both writing notes. We will be back next week, and we'll finish off this list. Yeah. And uh, hopefully it won't be as uh, bleak, but... Uh, nah, it'll be pretty bleak. Pretty bleak. Yeah. So on that positive note, (laughs) have a nice apocalypse. Stay safe and be prepared.